Thank you for tuning into the Mental Collective. On today's episode, I am joined by my friend Zach, and we are going to be talking about social media, vaccines, all of the fun stuff. And uh, I think everybody, you know, this goes back to the social media. Try being more open-minded. Try looking at things for what, try looking at things from multiple perspectives, not just your own. Mm-hmm. Because, and I think we're finding that about the 3% I mentioned earlier is that, you know, you're, I don't think America's as divided as social media would have us believe. And I think, I think we're all close. We all are in more agreement now than I believe we ever have. We have been in a long time. And I'm not saying we're all in agreement about the president or who the president is. I'm saying that like our core political beliefs are, are roughly similar, you know? Yeah. People want the right to be able to live and afford to live and afford to have food and shelter and those things for just right. the basic it, essential rights. Well, exactly. And, you know, you look at, you know, like the, the black lives matter movement, what it, at the core of it, what did they want? They wanted the ability to just live that, that they, you know, to be treated like uh, anybody else to not have to worry about a traffic stop or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. That's really what it was about. And, and that's, that's a, a, a very good thing and then a very honest thing to want and it's what you should want and the problem is is that even in that group that group the me too group you know even in those groups that started out with these great ideas and these beautiful ambitions to fix a problem fix problems all it takes is that three percent that that small percentage of us to ruin a good meaning and that small percentage infects other people. You know, they, I know we were all told growing up, like, if you have a bad attitude, you know, you bring that bad attitude to school and ever it's infectious. Everybody else gets that bad attitude. Right. It's, it's a similar idea. You know, it, that whole like thing, I'm, I don't know, maybe you were told this is like, uh, what does it believe half of what you read and what, and what is it like a less than that? Half or of what you like, hear and none, the, none of what you see. Something like that. Yeah. You know, it's very similar to that. You know, for example, if I had a time machine and I went back in time and I came back and I said, Abraham Lincoln was really into hentai. (laughs) You'd have no choice but to be, I mean, you'd have to be like, you're insane, first of all. And second of all, there's no way, right? Unless you went back in time and then Abraham Lincoln was like, oh, no, no, I really love tentacles. And then you'd be like, oh, shit, he was telling the truth. Like, unless you can verify it, like you you were there, you saw it. Everything is hearsay after that, everything. So like, I don't go into scientific research articles or anything like that. Like, oh man, you know, so-and-so really knows what they're talking about. I read a bunch of them, like different perspectives. And I see what other people are talking about. And I compare things, you know, what's coming up, what's coming short and drawing my own belief. Because the problem is, is if you let other people steer your beliefs, you know, and here's a good example and everyone can feel free to hate me for this. So are you familiar with the movie, the princess and the frog Raven? Yes. I have seen that movie. Okay. So before I start talking, let me premise this by preface this by saying, I like that movie. I like that movie a lot, but what you should know is that movie was created 
by the same, it was created in the same process that they create Pixar movies. So mm-hmm. what that means is, is so the guy, Ed Catmull, who's one of the heads of Pixar took over Disney animation and he made the animators go out, go down to Louisiana and to new Orleans and study and study the people, study the architecture, study the way of life, taste the foods, you know, the whole nine yards to really feel it. And when you watch that movie, knowing that I feel like you can see it, you can, you know, almost like you can smell the beignets, for example. But that movie failed. The movie failed at box office, right? It did terrible. And I'm sure somebody will say that I don't know what I'm talking about. But when was the last time Disney made a hand-drawn animated movie? That was it. That was the last one. And what you should know is that Ed Catmull fought to get that movie done in hand-drawn animation because that movie would have been brought to life beautifully, which it was in hand-drawn animation. Mm-hmm. And it did so bad that Disney was like, nope, that proves our point. That's the end of that. And they stopped hand-drawn animation movies. Mm. And, but the reason that movie was brought about is the way Disney sees, and this goes back to the marketing, the way Disney sees our conversations and our talks on social media is that all anybody cares about is that, you know, every color be represented or every religion be represented in, in, in movies, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not a, I'm not, I'm not going to say it's wrong to want that. That's that you should want that, but we should want more than that is a good story, right? right? A story that is coherent and makes sense. You know, you look at frozen, what would made frozen so special? It was just a good movie. It, it was, I mean, for as annoying the song as the songs were, and let's all be honest, if anybody grew up or had little girls or whatever, we can all agree that movie is friggin' annoying, but it's a good movie. So good. In fact, it got a sequel. Right. And both movies are good, but then like the sequel comes out and like in the sequel, there's chanting, chanting music, for example. And I think somebody on Twitter was like, essentially was like, how come there's only one, one uh, uh, black guy in the whole movie. And the even the so the the writer had to come out and be like you know this movie's from like Norway right <laughs> and i having traveled to other countries i think oftentimes americans forget like we're very lucky we're very blessed to have all the colors and cultures from around the world here you know the whole idea of cultural appropriation doesn't really make sense in america because that's the idea of america you know it, it that's what we are you know, you look at Japan, Japan has firework festivals in the fall. America doesn't really have that, right? We have 4th of July. That's the closest thing we have. But like rap music, rap music is the most popular form of music right now. And it's like, I I would venture to say 75% of my iPhone. But to, you know, to say like people are stealing that from each other is ridiculous. Like that's how America has become what it is today that's how we've created hollywood and created the music industries the way they are is through the sharing of these things you know the love of a culture the love of uh the influence right the influence you know people say that elvis presley stole from uh you know stole rock and roll but if you look at the music prior to elvis it, it was more it was more blues than it was rock and roll 
And I could be wrong. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm diehard on this, but I will say that like, if nothing else, it was brought forward, right? It was brought forward. You know, like my favorite, one of my favorite singers is actually Billie Holiday. And uh, again, she exists in that time period where uh, music, that kind of music, you know, you people, most people think of Frank Sinatra, but she exists in that same time. And it's not called to me. It's, I just, I guess I don't see it as cultural appropriation when the idea is how can we make like Eminem, Eminem didn't culturally appropriate, right? He wasn't the first, I mean, you, I guess you could say if you wanted to, that he did, but I mean, Eminem's big, but he's not like biggie big. He's not Tupac big. I don't even know that he's Jay-Z big, but I would say he's huge mainly because I don't want to get beat to death with a baseball bat, but like, I mean, the idea that we share together, you know, uh, I don't know if you saw like a year ago, Kim Kardashian wanted to name her new line of uh, Spanx or something like that. She wanted to call him kimono or something like that. That was a huge thing. Right. And the prime minister of Japan had to write her a personal letter to be like, please don't do this. This is something we want to share with the world. And I, I think a lot of people have forgotten that, that this we can share with each other. You know, that's how we find new ways to do new things. It doesn't have to be one person's experience alone. Right. Because at the end, go ahead. I was going to say, but I think there's a difference. And I think it will, from what I see and hear, I think a lot of the frustration comes from getting the influence and sharing the idea. Um, but also people taking that and kind of ripping directly off of that and not adding their own originality to it, but more so no. kind of claiming it's theirs. Right. And again, remember we go back to that 3%, that's that 3% is those. And I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to mince words here. Those are stupid people. That's what they are. You know, you have to give credit where credit is due, no matter what it is you, you say, no matter what it is you do, no matter it doesn't matter. Whatever it is, you have to give credit where credit is due. You know, if you didn't create this uh, technique or um, this thing, you know, and you don't just see it with color, you see it with gender. You know, how many times throughout history have women been, you know, kind of laid to the wayside because they were women, but they were smart. You know, like, uh, is it Hedy Lamar? I think it was one of the, she was a famous inventor. I always forget it. I know Audrey Hepburn was, was a big deal mm-hmm. as well, but like, you know, like the inventor of Bluetooth was a woman. Nobody gets taught that in school. Right. Yet we all use it. We use it for everything. And I agree. I think the problem is, is people, you know, you get, and I'm going to say this as a, as a, a, a white person that you get these dumb, especially dumb, uh, uh, white girls who do things and then they're just like no I'm, I was born this way and it's like no you weren't shut up you know Ariana Grande is a great example in the last like what, what five years she's been called out for basically posing as different colors and <laughs> I, I right I mean like recently she got in trouble for Asian, like, fi- Asian oh, yeah. fishing or something like that was she like orange at one point too right she's been like every color but her own color you know or like the, the craziest thing to me was the, the head of the NAACP being a white woman. 
Oh, and yes, Rachel that Dozel or whatever. Every time I think about that, it blows my mind because like when you look at her now, knowing that you're like, oh, I can see it too. How did nobody else notice this? She's just like, I'm doing nothing wrong. Well, and then her whole thing is, and she's a great example of that, that stupid where, you know, like right now you have, uh, it's not right now, but it, you know, it's becoming more and more apparent and open. You have the, uh, the transgender movement and uh, you know, that, that is a beautiful thing in and of itself. You know, you realize that this isn't who you were or who you're meant to be that, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, whatever you believe you got switched up at the factory and discovering that about yourself, that's a beautiful thing, but where it gets stupid. And this is where the cultural, uh, you know, the, the end of the, the line for cultural appropriation comes in is when you're like, Oh no, no, no. I was born white, but, I'm meant to be black. Like, no, that you're, you, there's no set. Like I had a, one of my cousins who is Filipino, Filipino Hawaiian was told by a guy she worked with that she, that he was transracial. He was trans Hawaiian. And I don't know about you, Raven, but that's the biggest load of crap I've ever heard in my whole life. And like, when she told me that I was like, you're, you're kidding, right? That's got to be a joke. Like, you can't be serious. You know, and I, I think, but I think something like that has always existed. You have a lot of white people, especially in the South, who are like, oh, great grandma is a Cherokee. Like, no, great grandma was not a Cherokee. You know, maybe a Jeep Cherokee, but that's about it. But like, <laughs> or I, I want to be seen as that. And honestly, if you get a chance on Hulu, there's a show called Reservation Dogs by uh, Taika Waititi. And it's all about res life, which a lot of people, you know, when I was in nursing school, we were taught basically to treat Native Americans differently. And I don't mean treat them differently like, oh, you're weird, sit over there. I mean, like, expect them to come in malnourished, expect them to not talk about how much pain they're in, expect them to basically be different than your average patient because of life on the res. Exactly. And you know, so that's a big thing that I think a lot of Americans don't know about. But then on the other side of it, like, it's, there's a, a guy, a character on the show who is, I mean, when I say white, I, he looks like Eve from Wally. And he keeps talking about, like, he'll be like, oh, you know, th that word means whatever in, in, in uh, Choctaw and uh, you know, my grandmama used to tell me and, and like, you could tell the kids in the show are like putting up with it, but you know, deep down, they're like, I, I would like to beat the living crap out of you. And like, that's, that's the 3% I'm talking about is that 3% who do stupid things like that or say dumb things like that, but you cannot be transracial. I'm sorry. You can be transgender. That's a possibility, but you because part of the problem with being transracial is you can't ever experience what that group of people experiences you just can't right you, you can't simulate that mm -hmm. and you know for example chet hey uh, chester hanks because i'm not going to give call him by his stupid rap name that he's decided he has tom hanks's youngest son you know chester. this ding dong yeah chester <laughs> <laughs> he thinks he out of nowhere just starts talking with a Jamaican accent. I like, boy, <laughs> boy, I know, I know you are so white. Your daddy has been Woody in Toy Story. Like you are white. Like, 
white white do chat. not Are you talking about chat <laughs> yeah Ch- chat chester and you know or like uh recently right before the, this past summer he posted like it's gonna be a white boy summer like <laughs> that it doesn't matter what boy summer that's that's stupid why would you say that like it doesn't you know i, I think it, and it's ding-dongs like that that make us all forget like no matter where you are on the planet no matter what color you are what god you believe in or what gender you are we all share one similar thing one similar experience and that's it's the human experience what it means to be a human and that i think is what if everybody could just think about that for a minute think about what it means to be a human i think we'd all find a little bit more empathy for each other but also be like you know what you're dumb but i respect that you're dumb and that's okay because especially in america where we shelter the idiots okay like i have a i have a friend from um romania and she can't understand why there are warning labels on everything do they not have warning labels on things in romania i guess not at the level we have it on here and I'm like, well, because in America, we have to protect the idiot, right? And, you know, once upon a time, that wasn't the case. Once upon a time, the idiot would put the fork in the light socket and it's over and done with. But like, you know, now, like there's a, a knife, uh, a knife set that says warning, keep out of children. Like, oh, wow. you shouldn't have to be told that. But in America, you do because we, we coddle the idiot. We protect the idiot. And if we're going to do that, then we all need to take a moment to look at the, you know, that person and be like, it's okay. I respect the fact that you're dumb. And, but you need to be dumb, like, over there. Right. And, you know, I think But see, the thing about it, though, is the dumb over there has started to form their own group. Well, yes. And that's, you know, that is where. And they're taking over. Well, the, right. And that's what my problem is. Like, like I said, 3%, all it takes 3% of, of people to get us all to believe stuff's falling apart and things aren't going well. And I think things are going, they could be going better for sure, but they're not as bad as they could be. Right. I think as a whole, we need to start looking at the, the, the bigger, longer game picture and not looking at, well, how does, how does wiping, for example, how does wiping out, you know, one point, whatever trillion dollars in debt, you know, how does that affect the government? The reality is, is they're going to spend that money anyways on right. something else. They're going to buy a new rocket or something, you know, it <laughs> does, they're going to spend it anyways. So why not spend it on something that makes sense? Right. And, uh, isn't a massive amount of the funding also poured into the military? Oh yeah. Huge, huge money is put forward, you know, it was put into the military. The problem is, is that we all made jokes for a long time about China making junk, right? That was the long running joke is that, uh, you know, Chinese stuff isn't very good. The reality is, is that that even if that still holds true right now, it's not going to hold true for very long because, you know, and there's an ancient or an old saying that something like, no matter how many times you skip a stone, the same stone over the same pond, it'll never bounce the same amount of times. And China continuing to not make good stuff, that's only going to continue on for so long, right? So, you know, I, I think it's a good idea that they want to start making microchips here in America and the government's trying to force, you know, 
in ways that they can force companies into doing that. It's not like, and, and that's what I think a lot of people forget is like the president here cannot just walk into Apple and be like, no, you're going to make it in America or you're not going to have a company anymore because that's not how our, our country works. Basically, the gov- our government has to beg these corporations to be here in America and to manufacture here in America and to stay. And it, it shouldn't be that way. I mean, my personal belief, I, I would think a company like Apple, who was started here in America, would want to, you know, contribute to the American economy that made it grow and, uh, you know, help with American jobs and whatnot. But the reality is, is that a lot of times what happens is something gets the original or the patent gets created here in America, and then it gets sent to places like China to get made, and then they make it. And when, if you think they're not making it for themselves, you're wrong. And so now our military is stuck in a, and our government's stuck in this endless cycle of, oh, well, you know, China made this and Russia made that. So now we got to make something, you know, better. And, but that's, that has been the case for forever, really, especially since the, the dawn of modern warfare is, is the competition to be the top country. And in America's short time of existence on earth, you know, we've been in, we've led the way, but, we've now con- fueled and contributed to uh, another country giving us competition. And, you know, it doesn't help that we're in this capitalistic hell right now. <laughs> no. And- I'm, I'm like disassociating as I think about capitalism and just the work yourself to death mentality that we're and all it, told to The do. problem is, 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 there are so many misunderstandings of cap of capitalism and free markets. And like, I, I remember growing up, we always got told we were in a free market. We're not in a free market. And we should all, should all thank the forefathers that we're not in a free market because a free market, a truly free market means that anybody can charge anything for whatever they're selling, whatever they want, even if it doesn't make any sense at all. And they can, monopolies run rampant and truly free markets and all that stuff. Whereas like our economy is somewhere between a free market and a regulated market because the government's like, you cannot undercut your neighbor while selling or your competitor by selling cheese instead of at the $5 they're charging at, you could sell it at 50 cents. Like there has to be free and fair competition. Even government contracts have to be, have free and fair competition. And I mean, what that means is, is in like government contracting, uh, some company you've never heard of has to be able to compete with the largest contractors you've ever heard of. And that's free and fair, just as like Kabat Cheese has to be able to, or Cabot or whatever you say their name, has to be able to compete with Kraft. It has to be fair. And, you know, on the other side of it, like I said earlier, like capitalism isn't the problem it's again a small group of people who take advantage of it you know like joe manchin recently did that whole thing where he's like no i don't think the the i don't i don't vibe with the child tax credit and it's like i don't care what you don't vibe with you're driving a car that's i believe he owns a maserati he owns a yacht and last i checked congress members only make something like $400,000 a year. So unless he saved up all his pretty pennies, 
I'm pretty confident he's getting money from other places. And I would say most Congress members are. And that's the other problem. You know, the January 6th thing was an embarrassment, not because these people had the right idea, but because these people were like, our president lost and then decided to, to throw a fit about it. Whereas, look, if you want to go to the Capitol and be like, look, I'm tired of these people, you know, not doing what we want them to do. We voted you into office, you know, do fix things, you know, like this, this infrastructure bill, like that'll get stuff going and get stuff fixed. I mean, I'm tired of seeing potholes for God's sakes. I don't want to drive across a bridge over water and the bridge collapse. Like these things have to be fixed. Right. And, you know, I think if people went to Washington and were like, I'm, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of being lied to, you know, that that's a, a movement I can get behind. I can't get behind that. You feel like you were shorted because your president didn't, didn't win. You know, it, it happens. He can run again. He's only doesn't ran once. Everybody feels shorted when their president doesn't win. Oh yeah. Everybody. I mean, look, Teddy Roosevelt ran three times. He won twice. He was on the verge of getting a third, but the Republic, but he had to take up his own party and the Republican party split. And then the Democrat took over for that. But, and that's why the, and then Congress put in the place that you can only run twice because of Teddy Roosevelt, because they were afraid of him. Like he looks so tired. He looks like one of the creatures from Pan's labyrinth. (laughs) And yet I feel like he's like, please stop voting me. I feel like he's like, where am I all the time? He's like, I don't want to do this anymore, please. Right. And we keep voting these people in. And it's not like, and not just to call Mitch McConnell. I mean, Nancy Pelosi's no better. I mean, she appointed a, a, at one point she, you'll love this. I don't know if you saw this, but she appointed a board of um, environmental people for Congress, like an environmental science board. Every member of the board she picked all of them had their pockets lined by big oil to get to that, get their, uh, get through their election process, all of them. And, you know, when, when Trump was president, the, the one thing, and I know people aren't going to like me for this statement. The one thing that man did was at least he, all of his cards were on the table and you could see them all. You knew if you were about to get a a skip or a draw four every time, because you know, when he put a jeet pie in, in charge of the FCC, that man was the top lawyer for Verizon who was suing the federal government constantly to get net neutrality overturned. And what was the first thing he did? Overturn net neutrality. Always. You know, and I think the one person he ever put in a position of power that was worth their, their, their weight in gold was Mattis. And that's not because I have a bias, but because Mattis has been the general for the UN, he's led the coalition forces. The man knew what he was doing. And then when he stopped agreeing with Trump, Trump was like, no, you're fired. I don't like you anymore. Like we have to learn to stop picking these people because they're just the the face of the party, pick a different face, make it. So that person stops showing up because if you, if, if Mitch McConnell loses favor, for example, in the Kentucky elections, and his percentage wanes, that means the Republicans lose faith in him and will less are less likely to put him as a front runner in, in the next election. 
And the same thing, like if you don't like who's running for president and you don't agree with them, then don't vote for them because all you're doing is putting them in a position of power to do things that you already know you don't like. And that's really what this is about. You know, I'm also a big heavy metal fan. And for those of everybody who's from Virginia, there's a band called Lamb of God. And in one of their songs off their most recent album, the line goes, uh, you tried to pick the lesser of, but evil never comes in twos. And, you know, when you sit back and think about that line, think about it. You know, we all try to, the last couple elections, we've all tried to pick the person who sucks less. You know, the person you like more, the person you, you hate less. Think about that. We're not even picking someone we like. We're picking someone we just tolerate. You don't pick your spouse that way. At least I, I, I really hope you don't. I mean, God knows my last girlfriend was definitely someone I just tolerated. Are you just hitting buttons over there? <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> I, had to, I had to hit the awkward. Uh, I thought I'd, I thought I'd throw a punch in there for you. I know how much you love that one. But like, in my mind right now, in this moment, I'm seeing SpongeBob SquarePants with a boot on his head in that one episode. His name is Vermin Supreme. No, and I he didn't. runs. He ro- runs for Rockport, Massachusetts. And I look this guy up. Oh wow, he really does have a boot on it. <laughs> and oh wow. What I love about him is he is uh he what he does is he is like it essentially makes a mockery of of some of the people we vote for. Like he wants to have America's power grid ran on zombie power, where they walk on like the wheel things hamsters have. And he wants to have a uh, get rid of licenses and use a pony ID system to where every American will get a horse. And that's how you are identified. And like at one of the the debates, he like threw glitter on the other candidates and and claimed that they were gay now because he did that. I mean, he's a whack job, but he's a purposeful whack job, right? He does this because, I mean, it it flat out says he's a satirist. And he does it because you need to see how this this is truly ridiculous. I mean, imagine if he was actually a candidate for the Republican Party, right? Right. You know, like, I I think you've seen as as many criminal things as I have. Like, Ted Bundy was was pretty active in one of the political communities in his area this is not a normal human but right like imagine that dude you're like well i don't really agree with him but i'm gonna vote him in like what do you think his first thing is gonna be like all women are meant to be like murdered or something crazy like that or like jeffrey dahmer for example if he was running for candidate like you have to drill a hole into your neighbor's head because he's (laughs) handsome all i'm saying is is social media is great if you keep it for what it was meant to like look if you want to keep track of people and talk to your friends like you know i keep track of raven and i see how awesome her life is and all the the big moves she makes you know because she's a big baller (laughs) you know and you know or even like the you know my my the guy that was uh my my rack mate or the guy that slept on the other bunk in my bunk bed and boot camp like it's been beautiful watching him get married 
and seeing pictures of his beautiful daughter. Um, you know, it's things that those are people that I'll probably never see again in my whole life. Uh, except for recent last year, I went to Florida and I, I actually got to see a guy I went to boot camp with. It was great. You know, the, that's what it's meant for. Keep in touch with people, keep in contact, you know, you know, or if, if you, uh, you know, if you like a, a small business or artist, you know, help them out, let them know that you love their stuff and, and tell everybody else how much you love their stuff. That's what it's meant for. It's not meant for you to tell the president that he sucks. That's really not what it's meant for. If you want to tell the president he sucks, you know, tell him at the polls or, you know, when he gives a speech, go out there and tell him he sucks. It's not really what Twitter's for. Um, you know, or, and it, it's, it's certainly not meant to be awful to other people. I know a lot of people use the, I don't, maybe you, maybe you know what the psychological term for this, but it's that ability to hide behind a mask. You know, people use the anonymity. Oh, of, right. Okay. So it was really simple and I just feel dumb now. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's that, you know, they get to hide behind that mask. They hide behind the internet. Well, the thing about Facebook is, is, is you're not really hiding because there's a picture of you. So I know your face. Right. And I think a lot of people forget how powerful some, some people's will to find out things about other people is. And I, that's another scary thing. Like, oh yeah. I've seen it on like, even on TikTok. Like I have seen someone post something and it's like super controversial. And all of a sudden they have the person's job they have their mm -hmm. like spouse, they have their mother, they're contacting all of them. And then boom, this person's been fired from their job, but they've lost their employment. Now, like 95% of the time, it's like, okay, dude, like you know better than to do what you did. But sometimes I'm like, this is a bit much. Right. Well, and that's the, you know, the whole cancel culture thing again, like, I, I think it's gone too far. You know, you someone told me they didn't think cancel, uh, cancel culture existed anymore. And I thought, oh, no, it's. That's crazy. Yeah. I, I think it's, I, I do think it's on the point of, I think we're coming around on the cancel culture and people are like, you know what, this is, this has gotten out of hand, but you know, what concerns me is, is like, you look at the Johnny Depp case. Well, you look at like Chris Hardwick. Okay. And Chris yeah. Hardwick was another one, both of that, you know, Chris Hardwick was accused of sexual assault. What happened? Every, he lost everything instantly HBO or AMC dropped him like without even asking. And it was by one, one lady. And then all of his exes, his current fiance, and anybody who's ever known this poor guy came out and were like, she is full of it. And then come to find out she lied. And AMC had to give him back everything. And, and they're very lucky he did not sue them for like slander or libel or whatever. And I think and he really AMC. likes AMC. Well, right. I mean, but could you imagine like he would have won that case? Mm-hmm. And then you like look at the, a really really good deal. Oh, I bet they gave him more money than he'll ever need. But and like at a good NDA. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he's he's good. Well, we'll probably. I mean, you don't hear anything about him anymore. But like, uh, you know, then you look at like like the Johnny Depp thing. Mm -hmm. And I don't I don't know whether Johnny Depp did it or didn't do it. But what I do know is is that there is a compelling amount of evidence in that case that wasn't reviewed in Britain. There is a compelling amount of evidence in that case that suggests that, you know, from from having taken psychology, that I would venture to say that neither one of them is psychologically okay people. 
but it, it, I find it strange and, and maybe you, maybe you'll understand where I'm coming from on this, that she is the only one that says he ever abused her. It's kind of strange that the woman he was with for like, what, 20 years, the mother of his children, his first two children has never claimed that. Uh, Winona Ryder, who was there when he first got into drugs, has never claimed that and has, since this has happened, has been like, that is not true at all. They're my dream couple in my mind. They're so weird and perfect together, aren't they? Yeah. But like, do you see what I'm saying? Like, it's kind of weird. And then like, you know, when you hear things that she did, she would, she hasn't denied like the time they got into a fight and she like looked him dead in the eye and pooped on the bed. Like, I remember, that's, I remember that story. That's not normal behavior. That's no. not like psychologically, if somebody did that, I mean, feel free to tell me I'm wrong, but I would feel like they need to be, they'd have to take a, 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 at least a 72 hours over and a, a holdover, you know, or something like that, because they are psychologically not okay if you do that. There's, something very wrong with you and but like that case you know he's been the only the only sponsor he still has is uh dior and just about everything else he's lost you know and and granted even though disney hasn't come out right outright and said like you know we're done with him they've pushed him off everything you know warner brothers pushed him out of harry potter Mm -hmm. and and now i'm kind of like but i i really want to support johnny depp because i don't feel like he's guilty but, you know, but they keep her around and the allegations against her are malicious wounding. She cut off the tip of his finger. She angrily pooped on the bed. She physically assaulted herself and said he did it. You know, all of these things are around her and yet nobody's dropped her. Everybody's acting like she's the victim. And I think she managed, she's one of those people who jumped on the, the Me Too movement and, and really read and is one of those people that soured a good thing. Now I'm perfectly happy. And I'll say this right now. I will eat my words. If it comes out that he is guilty beyond a shadow of a doubt, I'll eat my words happily. I just don't think that's the case. And I, I think another big thing, and this could ties to that, that everybody in America needs to read a law book and read the definition of law book of, of some of the laws, because I understand you want you want to defend yourself. There's there's nothing wrong with that. You should, but you should know what you're defending from. You should know whether you are truly defensible. You know, I have a family member who likes to lean on the well, I didn't know card. I can tell you right now that negligent or uh, ignorance of the law is not innocence at all. You know, or another thing most people don't know, changing the wording in court cases it changes everything. And it happens when there's an appeal almost every time. Famous example, and I'm going to use it because I'm a Patriots fan and you can hate me all day long if you want. Tom Brady was accused of deflating footballs. The original claim was that 11 of the 12 balls were underinflated, like seriously underinflated. What was actually found out was 11 of the 12 balls were just micro ticks under the, the pressure level which Tom Brady plays at the lowest temp pressure level. And due to, was it Boyle's gas law? The pressure that those 11 were found at makes sense that for that night. Now mm-hmm. one was grievously under pressure and it was never allowed to enter the game. Just from a, a short point to make, like, does it make any sense that a team that was supposedly cheating in the first half could barely outscore the other team, but in the second half where the balls were fixed, 
uh, they shot up like 30, 40 points. Doesn't make any sense. Why would you cheat and not actually get something done? When it went to court, the court case was when it went out of side of the NFL and went to the New York's uh, New York court, what the court case was worded as was, is Tom Brady guilty of deflating footballs? And that went on and all this wacky stuff happened and blah, 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 blah. Comes to, when it comes, the NFL paid something like $50 million or something like that to get this guy named something Wells to do a report. So millions of dollars down the drain, he publishes a 500 page report that just says maybe, and a long, long, maybe. And uh, the judge was like, okay, there's, there's no evidence here to support this claim. And all the evidence actually points the other way that none of this is true. It's just an act, a baseless accusation. So the judge was like, he's innocent. So then Roger Goodell, the head of the commissioner of the NFL, appealed the case to this, whatever the next circuit was. And they changed the wording. Now, this is what I'm talking about with the word changing. They changed the wording to, is the NFL commissioner legally allowed to hand down whatever punishments he sees fit somewhere around those lines. Right. Right. And so because the NFL, the NHL, the NBA, uh, and all of them have their own charters, right. Cause they're like their own companies. They have mm-hmm. the ability to carry out whatever pun, whoever's the head of it can set up whatever rules for punishments as they want. And so what, what the judges decided in that court was, yes, the commissioner can set up whatever punishment he wants. But the problem is, is the mainstream media published that Brady was found guilty after that. But he can't be found guilty because he was never up for trial in that case. He was just there because he was the face of the players at that point. And that happens a lot. You know, you look at like O.J. Simpson was found innocent of the crime of commit of killing his wife but he was sued in civil court and lost and that's how he ended up in prison and that happens a lot in america where you just change the word because that's how the american judicial system works so my advice to anybody is know the laws that not only protect you but are very possible to to hurt you and don't just take internet people's word for it like Go to the actual codex, look it up uh, and read it. And don't take everything you hear on social media for truth. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely don't do that. Like it's, I'm jealous of the people that can sit on Facebook and never comment or post anything. They just scroll through and like, like, or dislike, or just look at people's stuff. So yeah, definitely, you know, I think that's, that's the gist of it for sure. Like No, I feel like this was a really informative conversation. And I think we touched on a lot of good points and not only what we've seen, but also what's to come and the things that are happening right now in this moment. I think there's a lot to chew on. And I think this was great. I feel like we touched on a lot, a lot to digest for sure. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what you think and what everybody else thinks this episode. So definitely, uh, like and subscribe wherever you see this podcast yeah i am we are on um <laughs> i always like have to think about it spotify <laughs> and anchor and facebook and google and apple and uh i i would definitely say you know i, I think you and i have such a broad range of knowledge uh 
I would like, and we have a broad group of people we know with different specialties. You know, I'd like to see and hear what what people want. You know, want to talk about? Do you want? You know, what do you want to know about? Uh, because that that really is what drives this kind of thing. Um, is what interests you? What what topics do you want to know more in depth of? Uh, you know, for example, do you want more of uh, some of the previous podcasts, for example, where, you know, somebody comes in and uh, talks about their expertise in mental health. You know, I, I find myself, I find that I enjoy those. I think those are very informative and interesting. I really like the, uh, the most recent one about postpartum. Um, I have a family member who was directly affected by that. So I really enjoyed that. Yeah, that was fantastic. Uh, so yeah, you know, if you follow us on something, definitely feel free to comment and say what else you'd like to hear about. And uh, she's Raven's really looking for compliments on her new microphone. <laughs> Let's That's, just hope that it actually does well this time. <laughs> <laughs> That's really why she really came back fast. <laughs> yeah, it's the microphone. It was so bad before. So like if you made it this far, thank you. I don't, I don't know what to give you. I'll give you a thank you. Uh, I, I, I wish if I knew how to create an NFT, we could be, we could join that group and give them NFTs. <laughs> <laughs> Don't buy NFTs. They're a scam. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it was so bad. I'm just so glad that hopefully now we've got it fixed. Well, I guess until we meet again. Thank you for tuning into the Mental Collective. 